it's such an honour to speak today on Father's Day. Uh, I just want to thank the Lord for being our Heavenly Father. And uh, just like what uh, Juwita says, Puk Ayam, correct? Puk Ayam is a greeting, right? A greeting uh, where the elders greet the younger ones. But here in, uh, in the Word of God, ours is Abba Father. And Abba is a term of endearment, a term of filial relationship, a term of intimacy that we have with God our Father. Today, uh, we know that uh, all the fathers are here online and also present here. We have uh, fathers, grandfathers, we don't know where, we have great-grandfathers. I just want to acknowledge your presence wherever you are, that uh, you are precious, you are special, you are chosen, and you are not forsaken as we have sang the, sung the song just now, that you are a gift to the family. Amen? Can we say an amen to that? I know if it's on Mother's Day, we'll get a louder amen. Lah. So, so that is why we just really need to, to lift up our, the fathers in our house. Can we say a louder amen? Amen. The other day, I, I just heard a comment from one of the, 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 our church members that says, uh, Pastor Michael, my husband is always afraid when you speak because you seem to always attack the men. So, uh, I just give you the assurance here, today there's no attacking because I'm also a man. So, I'm on your side. Uh, I'm on your side and we have one Heavenly Father. Can we say an amen to that? Oh, praise God. I think all of us will be wiping the sea. I said, thank God, Pastor Michael is not good. Yeah. So, uh, we hope that the uh, men, you don't, uh, don't run away from the connect group. You uh, come to serve and uh, men will also be found in the house of God because this is a place that we want to see men being men. Uh, so, uh, let me tell you the importance of uh, men even uh, right now. I think we will have the... So we, so vital and uh, essential and critical is the role of the father. And uh, I just want to ask, start with a question. How does God see the man? How does God see each one of you, whether you are a man, a woman, a son, a daughter, a father, or mother? And this is a very important question. Because if we can answer that question, there are three things that we will discover. There are three things that we will recover. There are three things that will change the way we live our lives. What are the three things? The three things are your identity. Do you know that the Father is so important that we get our identity from our Father's? that we get our authority from our fathers and we get our dignity from our fathers. I will bring you to a scripture where this is shown uh, so powerfully. And that is the reason why God made men, men. And God made women, women. And that's why the men are different, the women is different. A father will always be a father to the children. A father cannot be a mother. A mother will always be a mother to their children, to their families. And a father must always be a father. And so, even as for us men here, for us who are fathers here, or those who are going fathers to be, or you are still not married yet, and one day you are going to be a father. And so this is something that I would want to uh, uh, bring to you today even as we celebrate Father's Day because this will help us to answer the most important thing in life because this affects everything that we do in life especially when we're talking about the men, the fathers today because once you know who you are in God once you know the authority, the power that God has given to you once you know the dignity and the belonging that you have as men, as fathers, as husbands, 
That is where you can carry yourself. That is where you will begin to take the land. That is where you begin to be the head. That's where you begin to rule uh, lovingly. That's where you will have your, your, your family, your children grow up. That's where you have harmony and peace and joy in the household. And I'm sure this is what we all are looking for in our families. All of us want a good family, a godly family, a healthy family. But how does it happen? It does not happen naturally or automatically because of our sin nature. All of us have a sin nature because of Adam and Eve. So this is where the Lord Jesus Christ, the big brother, our elder brother, came to show us how to approach God the Father, how to be a child of God. In 1 John chapter 3, he says, this is, this is the kind of love that the Father has given to us, that we shall be called children of God. And that is who you are. Not just fathers, but mothers and sons and daughters here. Today, we are just going to spend time and give more time, not just to the, our fathers, we thank God for the fathers who are here, but we are going to give time to the Heavenly Father, to Abba. We are going to come and just be quiet before Abba and say, Abba, speak to me. Abba, show me again who I am. Show me again what power, what authority, what you have given me, what territory you have given me. And again, Abba will begin to show us what is our dignity who we are called to be in this life. There's something that you and I cannot ignore today, that we are facing more and more in this world, a fatherless generation, a fatherless culture, a fatherless society. This is where the attack of the enemy, the attack of the evil one, you know, one of the best ways that the enemy, the evil one, and the world attacks the family is when they attack the father. All they have to do is to confuse the, the father. All they have to do is to ask the father to let go of their responsibility. All the enemy has to do is to say, it's okay, we are all equal. Yes, we are all equal in God. But God has created fathers to be fathers, to be Bapa kami our own fathers. And the importance of the father is so essential today that the fathers shape our sense of strength, our well-being and confidence in life. In my work, in my ministry as a pastor and even in counselling people, we can see the difference when a person has a very good experience with God, the Father, and with their own earthly father. You have heard my story many times, but let me tell you what was my life before I met God, the Father. Uh, I was, you know that, uh, uh, for many of you who know that I come from a, a, a fatherless background, because my father was abusive, my father was difficult. In fact, my father imprisoned my mom at home. You cannot go out to see anybody. You just stay in the house. That's where her grandfather came to deliver her from uh, the, her husband, from my father like that. And that's where the separation happened. That God says that should not be the way a father, a husband should treat a wife. Then she remarried again and married my stepfather. Again, this father was abusive and also immoral, caught in affairs. And I think you have heard my story before. That, uh, and so we again, uh, we were part, we were also abused, you know, especially myself as the, um, uh, uh, as, as, as the son, not my sister, thank God, but uh, myself and my, my mom got the most of the abuse. But what happened after that is that later on in life, I too became a father. Can you imagine the background that I come from? It is a perfect, what's what they call the perfect storm. It is a recipe for disaster because I grew up in such a fatherless, such an abusive background. But I thank the Lord for my wife. I thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ that one day 
She has been praying for me. She literally went into the cupboard because she took the word people told her, go into the closet to pray. So she literally went into the cupboard and prayed for me, for my salvation. So I thank God for that, that God really knew I need to meet the Father because I live without a father. I didn't know my identity. I didn't know my authority. I didn't know my dignity as a man, as a husband, as a father. And so at that uh, house meeting, uh, uh, so the, the, my first encounter was in the cell group, you know. Uh, so this is where I always believe in the connect group, the power of the connect group, you know, because we will never know the people that we bring into our home, bring into, for now, is to our Zoom. The people are just waiting to experience the love of God. And so when there was a, there, there was a speaker invited, a pastor that came to the cell group uh, near our house, and so this is where I first heard the message about the love of God. And it was so powerful that I began to break down and I say, this is what I've been missing all my life. This is the love of the Father. I have messed up in the way I think about Father. I was an angry man because I was angry with authority. Do you know that when you don't have a proper figure, you always are, are, always are not submissive to authorities. You always challenge authorities. You're always rebellious to authorities. And that is what I am. I always am suspicious until I had an encounter, just like Saul had encountered, but mine is not so dramatic. Uh, when Saul uh, met the Lord on the road to Damascus. And so when I begin, to, when the truth, the powerful truth of God began to touch me, that I am chosen, like what we sang. I am not forsaken. That I am not a mistake. I am not an accident. I am not unwanted. But I am love. I am wanted. If you're on, on the chat right now, can you type that? I am not an accident. I am not a mistake. I am precious and wanted. Can we all say an amen to that? Amen. And that doesn't apply to just fathers. It applies to daughters too. Because the same thing happens for daughters when they are missing a father figure, whether it's an absent uh, absentee father or a father who is there in their lives or not involved in their life or an overbearing father because it affects the way that they live their life. They are always looking for love, looking for attention of a father. And how do they find it? Sadly, some, many times they find it in men. In relationship, they go after one relationship and another. And I'm not, I'm not speaking just based on theory. I'm speaking on experience. Even within my family members and within, within the people that we have counseled, the people we have prayed and pastored over, we see that same pattern. And that again brings to what we are doing today. We are coming back to find out that there is a Father heart of God for you and for me. I'm going to just ask the team to just ignore my points and all slot because I feel that I have to say something different now. Uh, don't worry about that. Huh? Uh, don't worry, team. Huh? Uh, forget about the notes. But this is something so powerful for us men. For us men, our identity is tied to our fathers. And so it's so important for us, if you and I, you are in like my case, you can say and just lift up your hands and say, that means that's the end for us. That's the end for us when we, we cannot find, we do not know, we will never know who we are. We will never know our authority in life. We will never know that we belong to the family of God. We will never carry ourselves with dignity and not always seeking for approval. That is the downside of those who do not have a father in their life. They are always looking for themselves in others. They are always looking for a father figure when actually they should be looking for a husband. So that is one of the issues uh, sometimes women face when they are looking, when they, they lack a father and they look, go into relationship, they are actually looking for a father figure. And they get disappointed because the men are also as fallible as you and I. We are all sinners. We all have our weaknesses. So again, here is where it is so important today on Father's Day. 
that we begin to lift up our eyes, lift up our hearts and say, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit in us began to teach us that Abba, Father, is what Jesus has come to begin to reveal the Father. Many times, most of us will stop at Jesus. And with this emphasis on the Holy Spirit, we begin to rediscover the unknown God, you know, the, 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 less, uh, the lesser God. We always focus on Jesus, which is right and good. But Jesus never stopped at that. Jesus always pointed to the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus came to show the way to the Father. Jesus, in fact, himself demonstrated the love for the Father. Do you know that of all the things that the disciples who spent three and a half years with Jesus, they could have asked him, Jesus, teach us how to multiply the food. And I'm sure we all love that because when you have certain function, uh, not enough food. We wish we could learn how to multiply, how to walk on water, how to raise the dead. As a pastor, we always go to a lot of funerals. Uh, how good we be if we can raise the dead, you know. This will really cause people to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But no, the disciples never asked Jesus that. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Why? Because finally, they begin to discover that the secret of Jesus' power and ministry and perseverance right unto the cross was His time alone with His Father, was His relationship with His Father. Early in the morning, He would go and just spend time with the Father, receiving from the Father, spending intimate time and hearing for the day what is the direction for, from the Father. Before he appointed the twelve, when he wanted to do even greater things for the Lord, the most important was the Father. For you and I, as fathers here today, I just want to tell you a story even right now. If we can go to Luke chapter 15, this is a very familiar story here. That is, I'm going to say, I'm going to uh, reveal it in a very unfamiliar way. This is found in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to verse 32. But I'm going to read from you from these key verses, Luke 15, 18 to verse 20. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. This was the turning point in the life of the younger son in the parable we all are familiar with, whether we, are, we come from the children's church, wherever. This, fam this parable is so familiar to us. The gist of this is that a father had two sons. And the younger son decided to be rebellious, decided to want the inheritance even before the father died. He was dishonouring, disrespectful, ungrateful son. And if we look at the father in the parable as God the father, that is the, that is the main point of Jesus Christ. That the father in the parable represents God the father. And that is who you and I are. We have chosen to live our lives our own way. And what happens? He came to the father disrespectfully. In fact, it is just like telling the father, Father, I want you to die. That is how disrespectful a son. That is the worst 
a son or a child can ever do to their father by disrespecting, dishonouring them and asking for something that is not due them. But the father obliged and gave, wanted, according to the Jewish uh, a rule of uh, uh, inheritance to the younger and gave the elder son, their two sons, the two-third. And then after a few days, he decided to pack up and leave the father's house. And that is what sin does in our lives. We leave the father's house. All of us have left because of sin. All of us are actually gone out of our father's house before we come to know, come back to Jesus Christ. And one of the things that we will see here is that the son, just like each one of us, when we are left, when we leave the father's, you know what happens when we, when, when we leave the father's house? It's just like we are saying that, God, I don't want you to be involved in my life. I can take care of my life. I'm in control of my own life. God, take your hands. I can do better without you. And that is what we were before we because of the elder, the real elder brother, Jesus, because Jesus came to help us to bring us back to the house where the Father is. And so, he went and he spent his money. He spent all his inheritance. And the, and, and the Word of God says he reckless living. He began to waste all his squander, the word use his squander all his inheritance with a wasteful, reckless living. And I believe that is where they got the word prodigal. So if you are going to look at the whole passage in the Bible, Pastor, I don't see the word prodigal there. But there's no prodigal there. It was a title given to the son. But if you were to look at actually the real meaning of prodigal, Actually, if you have to look at the story, it's not the son who is the prodigal. The real meaning of prodigal is extremely generous and lavishly wasteful. That is one of the dictionary meanings. Extremely generous and lavishly wasteful. That is what, how people gave the title of this son. But do you know that when Jesus told this story, it was not to about the son. All of us, we have sinned. We have messed up, just like myself. But the point of this story is not about the son, whether it's the younger son or the elder son, but it is the father. And that's why on the Father's Day, on Father's Day, may I bring us back to the heart of the father. We want to know the father heart of the God Himself. So the son, after he has finished all his money and then wasted all his money, began to realize, offered himself to work with pigs. And for a Jew, that was the worst, the lowest point of his life. And just like many of us, when we have reached the lowest point, then he came to his senses. That is where repentance means we turn around and say, how did this happen? How did I allow my life to be in such a way? And so he began to say, in my father's house, even the hired servants have bread to eat and a proper place to stay. I will go back to my father, but I'm going to say I've sinned against heaven, which is God, sinned against my father, and I'm not worthy to be called a son. I, you just make me a hired servant. So he had all these plans when he, wanted, when he came to his senses, when he repented, he realized that he, by leaving his father's house, he left the love, the authority, the guidance. And so he began to lose his identity. I do not know who I am anymore. He began to lose his authority as the son and he began to lose his dignity. Right went to the pigsty. And that is how some of our lives has been before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Or those who walk away from the Lord, you will realize that you will, be, you will reach rock bottom when you go away from God. And so he had all these plans. I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to ask him just to be high servant. No more son. 
because I don't deserve to be a son. That is true repentance. That is where we come to the end of ourselves. And that is where we have the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does poor in spirit mean? Those who are spiritually bankrupt. That means you have come to endoftherope.com. Endofyourself.com. That means enough of me. I messed up. I failed because I left my father's house. I've lost all purpose and meaning in life. And so while he was finally decided to go back to the father's house, what was the story? The father here, where we come to this point here, where the father began to say, the father saw him when he was afar off. And the father felt compassion. Many times as fathers, as husbands, as sons and daughters, when we sin against God, when we make a mistake, we think that God is going to hammer us. God is going to judge us. God is going to hit us hard. But do you know, that, is, that may be earthly fathers. That may be our earthly fathers. That was my stepfather. Always finding fault with me. But that is the opposite of God, Abba Father. Instead of being angry with this son who wished him dead, who took one third of his property, the father was waiting for the son to come back. That is the level. You know, in 1 John 3, that is how, what kind of love that the father has given to you and I, that he will call us children or sons and daughters. And that is who we are. Can we say an Amen. That is who we are. The Father will never reject each one of us, even if we have gone away, even if we have failed as a father, as a husband. God will not reject us. The heart of compassion of the Father when He saw the smelly, dirty, filthy son coming back, I think he had lost his shoes, he had lost his clothes, I think his shoes, I don't know what he was wearing, he was just coming back meekly because he doesn't know how to approach the father. But the father did something that was against the cultural norm, against the protocol. In that time, the father started to run. That was very undignified of the father to do that. But God is willing to love us until the very end. God's love never fails. And he ran. What did he do? He began to kiss the son. He began to hug the son. He began to accept and welcome the son. That is how I felt on that day when I heard the gospel of love, the gospel of grace at that, that, that connect group, that God's love so, so overwhelming that he doesn't care about what we have done in the past. All he cares is that we come home. Fathers, husbands, Sons, daughters, it doesn't matter what you have done, how far you have gone, how you have spent your life recklessly or wildly or loosely, come home. Today, God the Father is saying, come home. You are welcome. Even when you are coming home, the Father is coming towards you already. Just like in the story of the parable, the father will just run, no, not just walk, you know, not walk dignified. Father ran. Those days, fathers don't run. They say, you come. They'll tell the son, the daughter, the slave, you come. I am the man. I'm the head of the home. I don't run. But he ran. It shows the father heart of God that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Can we say amen? amen? I thank God that Jesus revealed the Father. It's not like any other Father that we know. Otherwise, all of us will never come home to be the Father. None of us will be accepted because many of us, we are afraid to come to church. We are afraid to come to the Lord. We are afraid to come to Connect Group because He says that I've done so many bad things in my life. I don't think so. The Father will accept me. I don't think, you know, sometimes we don't believe the Word of God. Is God 
so loving, so accepting, so welcoming that He can put aside all that I've done? The answer is yes and amen. God is like that. The Father is like that. Don't listen to what the books tell you, to what people tell you, to what the enemy tell you. This is a time that you and I must learn to silence the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy will always tell us that God is not fair, God is not loving, God allowed pain and suffering and even separation to happen in your life, even misfortune to happen in your life, even for those who lost their loved ones during this pandemic period. God, they are, the enemy will try to put all these thoughts to cause us to betray God, to run away God, and to not come back. Will God really forgive you? I felt the same for all that I've done in my own life. Can God really forgive? The answer is yes. And Jesus is the elder brother, the good elder brother in this story, who was telling the story of how about the greatness, the largeness of God's hand. God says, it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter how you have failed. It doesn't matter how you have messed up as a husband, as a father. God says, just come. Let me, very importantly, let me just tell you the sequence. Sometimes we think that we have to get our acts right. We have to clean up first. We have to be good first before we can come to God, come to church. But you look at the order, the sequence here. Even before the son can confess, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. You know, I'm not worthy to be called your servant. Make, uh, call your son, make me a servant. Even before he con confessed, what was the order first? The father already accepted him already. That is the beautiful thing, the beautiful truth about the father's love. That even... So, this will begin to dispel all your need to work for God's love. We don't work for God's love. Why? Because God already loves you. Can we say an amen to that? God already loves us. So, even before the son can confess and ask for forgiveness, God ran and kissed him and hugged him. That is how I felt. And that's how each one of us should feel today on Father's Day. On Father's Day, come to the Father. Even before we say, Lord, I'm sorry. Even before we say, Lord, forgive me. Even we say, Lord, I've messed up. God says, it's okay. You come first. And then we will handle your mess. We will slowly work on being good. Sometimes we think that we must be good first. We must be holy first. But you realise that none of us can be holy by ourselves. We need to come back to the house in order for God to make us holy. It's not our job to make ourselves holy, but when we come back to the house, when we know our identity as sons and daughters, when we begin to discover our authority, when we begin to know our dignity, we are created in the image of God. We are called and chosen to be sons and daughters of God. Then we'll begin to realize that there is no other house, no other home like the house of God. No other place that we belong except in the presence of God. Can we say an amen to that? I'm not just talking about the physical church. I'm talking about us coming to the presence of God. And this is the Father heart of God, that we come home. And three things that he restored to the son, to the son that had run off, the son that was lost, the son that was, even everybody wrote him off. He's dead, gone. He sold his property. He's never coming back. And that is what we do when we sin against God. We feel as if we don't need God. But one day we will come to a place where we realize we need God. And so he says, he told the servants, bring the best rope. Can you remember the rope last time I spoke? What was the best rope? Just like Joseph got the multicolored rope. It speaks about, you are my favorite. You are my son. You are my beloved. You must wear back 
That is your identity. You are my favourite. All of us, we are favourite of God. Sometimes, some people think they are, they are more favourite than others, but no. We are all God's favourite. God will put the rope on you and says, Come, you are my son again. You have always been my son. Some people think, now can I get my, my, my name back, my surname back, as, as you know, my father's name? No, you have always been a son. In a father's heart, you have never left. You have just gone out for a while. The second is the ring, the authority that we know who we are. The signet ring is the one that a son will have to represent the father, to make contracts. And so we have the right to bring others into the father's house. We have been given the gospel of reconciliation just as the younger son was reconciled. So God is asking all the fathers, it's okay, it doesn't matter. We have all fallen short. I have fallen short of being a father, of being a husband, of being a son to my mom. But God says, come, come home. We will sort this out. After knowing the Lord for more than 30 over years, God is still sorting my life out to appreciate my role. And the elder son represented the Pharisees and the scribes. And he says, why is there dancing? Why you kill the fattened calf? Because the fattened calf was especially for a very special occasion. This son of yours, you know, this son of yours, come back. I know some of our parents, sometimes we say that to our, our own spouse. Huh? This son of yours, this daughter of yours, sometimes we accuse that. And sometimes we also become like the elder son. We get angry and upset, judgmental when people come back to God. But the father went out to the son because the son didn't want to come into the house. That means the elder son was never in the house. So this is not the story of one lost son. This is the story of two lost sons. And sometimes we behave like the lost son, the elder, younger son, and sometimes you and I behave like the elder son. We are so critical. We are so judgmental of others who make mistakes, who sin. And I have to admit that sometimes I too and guilty of being the eldest son. When we are so critical of our family members, judgmental of our, of our family members, and even in the ministry, when we are critical, when we speak bad or evil of others, you and I are like the eldest son. But do you know, the Abba Father still went out to the other lost son and pleaded him, come, this son was lost. And it's found, this son was dead, is alive. So that's why we must celebrate and rejoice. All of heavens rejoice when we come home to the Father. When the Word of God says angels, it's actually speaking about the heart of God. The heart of God is for the lost. And all of us are lost. All of us need to have the heart of the Father. Yesterday, even as I was praying in the morning, something just came up to my mind when I was thinking about the song, about the parable. I think 30 over years ago, I carried my son as a young boy. Now you know his age, right? Really, yeah? And do you know when a child, a baby, just like we are going to do baby dedication, huh? a, a baby is so young, it is totally dependent on God. He cannot feed himself, he cannot change himself, he cannot do anything by himself. And we look at the story of both the sons. They were helpless, they were hopeless, they were without a future. And that is how I see myself as a baby needing the father. And the father will lift us up just like every father will be proud to lift up their, 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 their son or their daughter and say, this is my son. Can the son or the daughter as a baby make the parents proud? Actually, no. Because the son has not done anything yet. Correct? And that is the 
that is the point of the, of the story. We don't have to do anything to be loved by God. We are already loved by God. Interestingly, the parable doesn't tell us what happened to the eldest son. Do you know why it doesn't tell us? Because it wants us all to constantly have the heart of the father for the lost son, the younger son, and the elder son. Because there are so many lost sons and elder sons even in the church. Some of them have not given your lives to the Lord Jesus Christ yet. And today, on Father's Day, we are going to ask, I know all of you have prepared gifts for your fathers. You are going to bring for a good meal. I think from last night, I think people have been thronging all the restaurants and the, and the places. And today, all the restaurants are all booked ready because you are going to the restaurants right now. You are going to bring your father, your grandfather. But can I ask you one question today? What is the gift that you and I want to give the father today? And he's the most important father because there are many of us who don't have a father but there's hope when you and I encounter, come and run home to Abba Father. You will find a father that never fails, a father that is patient, a father that longs for you, a father that will receive you and welcome you regardless of how we messed up. So based on this story, of the Father, what do you think was the greatest joy? Because it says, let's celebrate and rejoice. Let's kill the fattened calves. What do you think is the greatest joy of God the Father? What is the greatest gift today you and I can give God the Father? Can anybody guess? It is you and I. Husbands, fathers, sons, daughters we are the greatest gift that we can give to God the Father the story is God is always looking out for the lost and all of us are lost without the Father without coming home can I just want us to just close our eyes before we just sing this song it's not our works it's not our achievement. It's not our parenting. It's not our ministry success. It's not the wealth that we earn. If not even the gift and talents that God, that delights God more than each one of us giving ourselves to Abba Father. That is the greatest gift that we can give to the Father. And if we are far off, we have gone to a far country, today's message from the Father is, come home. Come home. You don't have to explain. You don't have to worry about being judged. You don't have to worry about punishment. Come home first. And we will talk. We will deal with it.
and you are that person you know you are the lost son today whether you are online or you're here come the father is waiting for you and looking out for you and just know and just will receive you and kiss you and embrace you and says come home you are my son you are my daughter it doesn't matter what you have done come i love you begin to say this prayer with me heavenly father i've gone far away from you i have rebelled against you i've run from your protection from your help and from your guidance in my life i realize lord i'm missing you in my life today i'm coming back to you lord i thank you for jesus my elder brother who you sent to show the way back to your house restore to me right now my identity my authority and my dignity father i am so loved and i know you will forgive me of all that i've done i receive your love i'm running to you just as you are running to me and i know that i am a child of god i give you thanks lord that jesus is my lord my savior my master and you lord you are my abba father you love me we are everlasting love and you call me home to be with you forever i thank you lord in jesus name and you have said that prayer here or online can you just begin to let us know even after the service just come to the front the pastors are here and just say that i've said the prayer for the first time i am that lost son i've come to the father and we are going to pray with you we are going to help you in your new journey to stay in the house and not leave the house and if you are that elder brother which sometimes in our lives we take on the role of the elder brother we have been so hard on others who are not in the kingdom yet and we are also hard on those who are our fellow brothers and sisters our fellow ministers we have been mean spirited we have slandered we have shown anger and jealousy towards one another even husbands to wife wife to husbands children to parents and parents to children father we pray even right now that if we have that attitude of an elder brother that the father is coming out of the house and entreating us inviting us to come back into the house because all that the father has is already ours instead of being angry we should be rejoicing with the father if i'm not rejoicing with the father for those who are not yet believers or those who are believers lord forgive me give me the heart of the father for the lost for the broken for those who messed up for those who failed father we just want to thank you even right now forgive me forgive us for being that elder brother lord instead lord help us to be like our other elder brother jesus who honored the father who loved the father right until the very end and who came to do the will of the father who obeyed right up to the cross lord may we be obedient like jesus our elder brother may we be loving like god and compassionate like god and patient with others and long to see people becoming whole again lord 
Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you will deliver us. You will heal us from the attitude, from the mindset of being an elder brother, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your heart today, Lord. We thank you for revealing the Father heart, Lord, on Father's Day. And today, Lord, the greatest gift that we can give to you right now is ourselves, our hearts, our lives, our obedience, and our coming back to you wherever we are, Lord. And we know that you are, your, your arms are wide open waiting to receive us again, to kiss us and to embrace us and to accept us as your sons and daughters, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the fathers and the grandfathers who always are guilty and make themselves guilty for falling short of being a good father or grandfather. We pray from today that they will learn that God loves them regardless of how they have performed, how they have done as fathers or grandfathers. God's love is with you. And that today onwards, as fathers and grandfathers, we will learn from the best. We will learn from God the Father of how to be a father to our children, to our family. And you can transform us when we give ourselves to you, when we are in your house. And so we thank you, Lord. We give you thanks, O oh Father God, for we are not alone. We are never alone. Because the Father is with us. The Father's love will begin to shape us, to change us, to transform us, to know who we are, to know our authority, and to know our dignity as fathers, grandfathers. We give you thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.